0: Welcome back to another Revolution Radio, The Movement, a podcast episode. My name is Indy, and before we get into our discussion today, I first wanted to talk about the topic of racial fetishization and cultural appropriation. What is it? Because I know that there are a lot of different forms and while you might recognize some forms, you might not even be able to comprehend and recognize others when you just look up the definition cultural appropriation is the exploitative or oppressive co-option of elements of one culture by members of a different culture and if you want to see a modern day family that appropriates and fetishizes every day all day but makes it look like they're progressive due to the integration of their family i'm unfortunately gonna have to talk about the kardashians Because it's no surprise that this family has a type, but it does transcend just their romantic lives. The Kardashians are a huge example of non-black individuals profiting off of black creativity in order to ensure their own success. I mean, just look at Khloe Kardashian's Good American brand that looks like it was just stolen from entrepreneur Destiny Blue. Or Kylie Jenner's swimwear line that did just the same. And we all know the infamous Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial that watered down and capitalized off of an important movement. But most of all, Kim Kardashian profits off of her big butt where amongst the black community, black women are criticized for their larger backsides especially when you know the history of sarah bartman who in the 19th century was used as a freak show exhibit due to her larger bottom that she and miss kardashian actually share kardashian's cover on paper magazine is also a replica of the 1976 portrait of carolina beaumont in john paul goode's book jungle fever The family receives idolization off of the bodies they have, which has mostly been bought, where women of color who share a similar figure are often shamed for it. The Kardashians tan the shit out of their bodies, as well as other superstars, because they love the black aesthetic, but they never actually do much for the black community except profit off of them, marry them, and birth their mixed children. And another reason I believe the Kardashians use racial fetishization to gain success is through their children. Because society fetishizes mixed kids and light-skinned children. So how can the Kardashians continue to stay successful even when their spot in the limelight is over? through their children who will be idolized and sought after for their lighter complexion and they'll probably be able to make more profit off of their kids because their children can wear certain clothes because they're black can have certain hairstyles because they're black and the kardashians can continue their legacy of stealing black beauty and black creativity to use for themselves today's episode will be about my friend anaya's black experience Now, when I say Black experience, I am saying experience with living as a Black individual, because we all have very specific Black experiences. Why? Because, well, don't forget, Black people are also human beings with their own individual experiences, thoughts, and feelings. Anaya and I go back and forth on the differences and similarities between our two childhoods and get into the lack of representation in our government and education. Anaya also brought up a very good term in our conversation that I think I will continue to use, which is active resistance, which is an important part of the movement. I also asked her the question, when was a time you experienced racism? I hope you guys appreciate this conversation just as much as I did. Enjoy. Indy asked me... Uh, the question when was the first time that I ever experienced racism and I honestly was for me it was a hard question to answer because just thinking about different times when I was younger and I was thinking about school and I've had siblings of mine have to deal with microaggressions and just very, just horrible comments from teachers, white teachers, um, teachers of European descent, just make these horrible comments to my siblings. And so, but personally, so I was trying to, in my head, go through different times in class and just pick out different moments because I don't know that in those moments I knew that those were um what um are called microaggressions um like racist microaggressions that are just like underlying and just like hide beneath different things that uh white people usually say you know um I'm trying to, and I, and I remember just, you know, different instances and situations in elementary school of like, I had like a Spanish teacher and she would always just like tell the brown and black kids to like stop talking or move or they were always causing the ruckus or they were always doing this, but wouldn't um, confront the students of European descent or, you know, wouldn't be as like, demanding of, uh, like, them and their, yeah, like, so just, like, having, and I, and I remember just, like, me and other students, like, standing up and being, like, well, why didn't you call out the other person, because they were talking, and, like, this is, like, literally fifth and sixth grade, I'm telling you, so, and I can remember, and I remember all of it, and, that everything sticks with you and um so yeah there are probably other instances but well there are other instant inst. I don't know why I keep saying instances (laughs) there are other situations and moments that have happened but in my life that I have heard and you know uh witnessed but some of those are not mine to share um but yes that is my answer to the times that I have been held in a position to fight for my own humanity and and support others who couldn't speak for themselves and call out things that made me uncomfortable and and i'm and uh, that was just the start of of everything so of what i'm what i am now and going to help inspire others to be and teach and it's all going to just take active resistance all the time And whatever you want to do, do it, because somebody else is going to be like, that's cool as shit, and they're going to join it, and it's going to grow. So let's just support one another, I think. All right. Hello. I'm with my friend Anaya. Hello. Who is an incredible activist. You've been going to protests. Since I was little? Yeah, since you were little. You've grown up... Oh, you know, first thing that we definitely should talk about is your upbringing. Because you were raised in a household that... Uh, just automatically was like, we should learn about black power. We should learn about Mm -hmm. acting. Well, yeah, my mom, ever since me and my siblings were little, you know, always, you know, taught us about Martin Luther King Mm -hmm. and um, Malcolm X and just, you know, the Black Panthers, the Ten Point Program, and just, like, the importance of... That my bl- on blackness you know yeah. so i think um my foundation has been built really strong because of my mother so um and you know um though her mom is white uh my grandma would teach my mom like that um, stuff too like songs like um i don't want to uh, uh hymns i don't know if they're called hymns yep, but yep. like um spirituals? and I, spirituals like yeah, stuff like that mm-hmm. so um I think that was, you know, passed down to us, if that makes was sense. Was it, like, black music, black spirituals? Right, right, mm. like, um... Do you think your grandma was trying to make sure that she included your mom's black history yes, in her upbringing? definitely, because I think she thought it was very important because my mother was the only mixed child in an all-white family for... Mm her whole life, you Mm -hmm. know, so, um, I think my grandma thought it was really important to uh, give her representation. That's really interesting, because what your mom and I share is that we have a white mom, Mm -hmm. and we are, like, me and my sister are the mixed kids, the black kids of the family, when you're looking at our mom's white side, and it, it kind of was, like, instead of like actively teaching my black history it was more just like the color blindness thing like yeah. you're not different and i'm not right. going to treat you different because you're black right but, but was not <laughs> like i was being actively taught about my blackness exactly exactly mm-hmm. um yeah i think that too can be said about people who have um prejudice or racist Mm -hmm. um microaggressions and shit like that like um or like people like when people hear it like nobody told you it was wrong or nobody really pointed it out but you know we all knew it was like we was all wrong, could see it or like it. you know yeah. um not saying that you guys being mixed was wrong no 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 no, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 that um i don't know how much of a thing it is anymore but another part of being like a mixed kid is knowing that your parents were probably judged <laughs> for having their relationship to right. some people, probably not in the people they surrounded themselves mm-hmm. with, the people who just looked at them and saw them as a couple. I wonder right. sometimes if they got weird looks. And your parents are your mom's white and your dad's black. My dad's black. black. My mom's mixed mm-hmm. and my dad's black. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I hate always just being like, my mom's mixed with white and black and my dad's black because there's definitely some other actual... Ethnicities Mm -hmm. in that blackness, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, It's not just black. It's it's like Nigerian or um, like uh, um, Native American, but yeah, I personally don't know, like what um, what kind of melanated, right? You know, and so but you're placed under this. One umbrella term. Yeah, right. For... And I... Yeah, I literally hate that. (laughs) I hate it, too. It's... Like, I I am... I, I am proud to call myself black, and I will be like, I am a black, strong woman and everything, and... But... I feel like also, too. There's other parts there's to other, you, yeah. Than just being black. And that is. But we reclaim that, too, I also have. think. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm hmm. So. That's another thing. Uh, shoot. I'm losing my thought. <laughs> like, to be like, there's other parts of you. Yeah. To, to just being black. Right. That goes, like, towards any aspect. There's more to me than being black, period. Period. Like, I'm a human. Right. And there's more of a story there. Exactly. Exactly. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. I think you and I can really talk about growing up black. hmm That's something that I think we have some differences and some similarities with and some privileges. Some privileges and some disadvantages we have. Right. Um something for me growing up. Now, I know this isn't just one of the questions, but I think Mm -hmm. it's important. Yeah. Is I grew up straight out in the suburbs. Same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just want to know how it feels. Because, like... Of we aren't the kids who are directly, most directly attacked. We aren't. Right. We still are attacked Correct. definitely because we look different in the white neighborhood we live A- live exactly, in. Exactly. But, but we aren't we aren't poor impoverished. Mother, sister, we yeah, 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 yeah. We aren't labeled as impoverished. We aren't labeled as criminals automatically as so many people who live deep in the city who look like us. Who look like us still the same. There's right. still some of that weird difference there Mm -hmm. and um, I don't want to say that there's distance but there's still some sort of like blockage that I have by growing up in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. I didn't live in that community. Just like the loss of experience, you know? Mm -hmm. I never experienced certain things firsthand. Yeah. What Um, was that like for you? Well do you mean like what, what things do you mean experience? Like racism, or experience like experience racism, like racism? Racism, just experiencing mm-hmm. racism, experiencing also a feeling of distance mm-hmm. from your brothers and sisters right. that live in the places being attacked the most. Mm-hmm. Do you feel detached from them? Do you have a certain like? Um, sorry, no, sorry. you're fine. Um, I don't feel detached at all just Mm -hmm. because of I I acknowledge the, you know, experience difference Mm -hmm. and that doesn't make me feel like any less or any more, you know, it Mm -hmm. makes me feel like don't know I may like it's like a thing like you can reflect on your life and you can be like pick out the privileges I think Mm -hmm. um that you had and then some of the ignorance that you also have like I think more of it for me is like the ignorance Mm -hmm. that I have um Mm -hmm. because as a cis black woman I do have privilege you know so um and you know an an extent of it but um the cis Right. Is the privileged part. And the... And growing up in the suburbs. And growing up with a a roof over my head. Mm -hmm. um, With access to technology Mm -hmm. and different things. But I think the most important thing is through all that, I can share that with somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I think the most important thing is coming... With the two different experiences, listening to both of them, mm-hmm. and then you know, I don't know, growing from there. And or... that's that's all it is. Mm-hmm. That's when with allies, yeah, non-black yeah. people of color, that's the whole with point. Everybody, it's like, with every single to people's human, human experience. That's what we need to start breeding into ourselves. Yeah. Is like just planting into ourselves is empathy empathy and listening. Just yeah. just listening all the time and having conversation because people want to act, 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 but right. they don't understand why they're acting first. <laughs> they exactly. do not they do. Yeah. They don't think about it. They don't think about why it needs to be happening and And then there's no moment like you can't there's take no off, momentum. Right, you can't take off. No like, motivation. Right. And it's and that's like a lot of people on social media these days. Yeah, and it's yeah. easy for them. It's mm-hmm. it's easy because social media is the easiest thing. <laughs> Literally, you utilize to act in the movement with mm-hmm. the with the the what are the, th- the the chains that were posted on people's stories where it's like. Tag someone oh. who believes <laughs> in black me in lives in that matter. And then they deleted it. <laughs> Cause it was I, dumb. Know, I, cry. I, cry. I bet they were like, "Oh shit, this is actually." It was like not tag cool. someone in the picture who in- finds this an important issue. What it's- does that do? I don't- at first I was I don't know I thought it was like people tagging activists and I was to like, bring like it to light like here here look at this issue or like or, like like or, these are active people in the community but like yeah. also in a dangerous way and also just not in a this doesn't I don't know it, doesn't, it didn't do shit no <laughs> no it didn't do anything it made some people feel like they did something so now they don't exactly. have to do anything they tried to pick the laziest easiest route to acting and this revolution that's not what we need that's Mm-mm. not is that's not what is going it's it's going to take for the revolution no and a revolution is not just made up of irrelevant action right. <laughs> it's made up of <laughs> huge active resistance active resistance yeah w- yes we should definitely be talking about active resistance yeah. you are trying to tell me that resistance is a huge part in the yeah. movement and resistance doesn't just look like you sitting on your couch exactly. and posting that chain mail on instagram it's not that what active what is active resistance how do you actually a refusal to, re- to yeah. anyone's wish slash demand that you didn't consent to mm-hmm. i got this actually off of angela davis's um lectures on liberation mm-hmm. um but it's, it's under the first condition of freedom is an open act of resistance. And I'm going to read it again. A refusal to anyone's wish or demand that you didn't consent to. Um, it, it says microcosme- a, a microcosmetic um, effort toward liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, in quotes. It's just the, the actual work. Right. <laughs> the, the real work is what the act of resistance is. And the real work, the the bare minimum of the real work, if you actually want to be part of the movement, is making the calls, sending the emails, signing petitions. Using your resources for the betterment of others. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say Especially that... Especially in a place where right. you have those resources, you have those privileges. And it's not to say that using social media to contribute is wrong. Because mm-hmm. actually, no, no. it's a tool. It's a tool, but some people are using it too lightly. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with, like, the... And, like, I have, um... I don't actually, actually don't know. I don't... (laughs) If I've posted um, other things other than, like, um, uh, thing, information, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, but also, like, being conscious of, like, how much of this is um, information and thing, resources, and how much of it is personal, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, too, I've been having a weird time with, like, finding that balance you know yeah but like also not really because I've I have to have that balance because it's my like because of the way this world is it's my it's life your life you know and I've I've had to balance out my blackness being a threat so with me fucking living sorry mm-hmm. No, you. <laughs> so, so um like you can do it as yeah well. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Yeah and and there are so many people who are contributing but also using their Instagram account to still post like pictures of them doing funny right. shit. And I, I use social media, okay, fine. Yeah. We, we, um, we can we we should look at happy times in your life and shit like that, but there are so many of us who have those private accounts that nobody's looking at. If you have a public account and anyone can see it, the only thing you should be using that account right. for is giving out information. Yeah. Giving out information. This is not the time to ignore it. Exactly. This is not the time to ignore and it. And then post that on your ma- uh, on your private. Yes. Like... <laughs> don't, po- don't just post it on your private if it's information. Post it on your public and keep it there. Right. It's... Um... And it's like strategic things to, like, don't just do something because other people are doing it, or don't just repost something because other people are reposting it. Where is that link coming from? Mm-hmm. Is it even a valid source, mm-hmm. you know? Like, is this going to affect, cause any um you know difference in the future you know like don't just do things because other people are doing them like it needs to be do effective them because it's effective yes and it's the right thing and it's to the do. right thing to do <laughs> yeah I wanted to ask you, since we're talking about information, about, like, coverage in Mm -hmm. media, in the news specifically. What are we not seeing? What do we need to be seeing? So, I, on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and this is a lot of things that I've been hearing are actually from my mother and her friends and community on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Because, um that generation just be on Facebook, I guess, yeah. um, but <laughs> just, like, just always sharing and alerting each other, and a lot of the stuff that I've seen mostly surrounding things that haven't been on the media, like, white supremacist attacks, and um, uh, just, like, um, stories that are not being sh- shared and stuff yeah. like that. Um, most, like, they're being shared through actual people on, like, Facebook. Like, um, somebody I know the other day, like, posted about um some gas station um watching their cameras and watching people with like nazi tattoos fill up gallons of um gasoline yeah like getting gasoline and shit like that like Mm. why aren't we hearing about that yeah you don't see that in the news and just like places like north minneapolis aren't getting um any coverage any media but are constantly having gunshots go off through the whole entire night, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's just... And it's very funny to see how... I think the word is prevalent. The media mm-hmm. was um, just five, six weeks ago. Right. And where are they now? Right. Where, when, and all this good work right. is coming out, and it's still going on. But it's less continuing. of a hype. There's less right. of a hype. And, and that sucks because it has because just because media has pulled away, so has people's care. Interest. You know? Like, commitment. just because it's not in front of your face, you're not going to give it any type of acknowledgement. Yep. And that's a problem. Yeah, and something else is like big news outlets, like you know, just the the news that you'd watch on the TV. A huge so many Americans watch on TV. That so many Americans watch on TV. A big problem in the movement is neutrality, right? if you are neutral mm-hmm. you are against the movement really because this is this is not up for debate you can't be <laughs> neutral it's it's a it's a subject of morals and human rights it's not up for debate it's not right yes. and if neutrality is the problem then you have to turn to the big news outlets too who are supposed to <laughs> be neutral when they give information. So right. when you're looking for information, like like that gas station and stuff like that, you can't just turn to the easiest you still we have to work hard not to just take an easy credible source right. because they're not radicalizing they're not <laughs> supposed to Exactly, exactly. They're not supposed to because then their viewers who don't care are just trying to watch the fucking news exactly. and now they're not going to watch it so they get less views. They have to they have to balance out and be neutral so that they can just give straight facts that benefit everyone. And like there's such a big impact on someone that has seen the same thing for their whole life Mm -hmm. and like yes we say that but like someone that's been showed the same picture and this and been told the same message throughout their whole life that's literally everything they know so 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 why are you stop feeding them that Basic, uh, surface level information. Exactly. It's surface level. It's not sensitive. What it is is just b- just boring. It's is really insulting. And if, it's insulting. And if, yeah, like if somebody is never, the only news source they're ever going to watch is Fox News, all they're ever going to know about it's the world is Fox what's News. What's on Fox News. Exactly. Because they're not going to turn it off <laughs> and go actually research what happened on the news. No, that's right. what the news is for. It reser- researches quote unquote for you. Right. But it doesn't do all the work. It doesn't do the work. You have to turn to the people. You have to turn to the people. Yeah. You have to turn to the actual people dealing with it because they're seeing more. They're exactly. actually on the ground. They're, they're not they're, monkeys in they're suits. They're experiencing They're it. not monkeys in suits sitting behind $5,000 desk just <laughs> right. reading off a script. No. They're going out every single day living their lives and being shot <laughs> being shot for jogging and now they're a fucking headline. Right. and like On Facebook book. And no. like the fact that my mom said this earlier too. The fa- the fact that black bodies are worth more dead than they are alive yes. is the biggest fucking problem mm-hmm. because like <sighs> lawyers and fucking police and like It's, like, after someone gets killed, and then they, like, they get all this money through the court or whatever, and then it's done. Like, you don't hear about it after. No, you don't hear about any updates. Or, like... They got their justice, you know. But that's not because then there's so many other things under uh, behind the curtain that you're not seeing that is actually these, continuing exactly the injustice exactly. And you're and like money, like oh, we got money, we're good, you know. Yeah, we're gonna be good. People think you money will get, is the only answer. You are like <laughs> nobody's like I don't know. Nobody sees the wad of cash in your pocket, yeah. you know. So, but they're still. But they see your skin color though, and they see the skin color. They still see your brother being killed on live TV. That's (laughs) all they see. They don't see the court. They don't see the. They don't see the trial. Usually, none of them. Never. They don't. Yeah, I haven't. Um, it's. Do they film those? They do. They do film some of them, but obviously not every single one goes out, and not everyone goes to court. Not everyone goes to court to see it. Cases are going to be reopened because. And they should. And they, right. And they should. Period. They should be going out. It's... Because we need justice. And it's, like, it's crazy, too, because, like, um like shit that happened in like August of 2019 mm-hmm. is just surfacing. So what is it about a surface from from years the years? years years ago. I when it's I saw air, it's like mm, it's, when I saw the post about Elijah McClain that yeah. cartoon version and I saw that it yeah. happened in August 2019, I cried. The first time I read that, I didn't even I didn't even see the 2019. I, I didn't I, either. And then, I didn't either. And then I like was on somebody's story and then saw the thing and was like how did I literally not see this I saw that and I was like I'm only now fucking hearing about it and people on a national level are only now or like there are people who knew about this shit you know and didn't expose it or you know maybe they did try to expose it and nobody fucking cared right. until now right which, which is, is like so insane and the people who didn't give a fuck are giving a fuck now because it's like but they're, just, thing to do. they're just posting a black sc- picture on their stupid instagram account i and just then, have no more time for like if you're not like actively working towards this then i i don't need you my Okay. Just posting... Or if you're not willing, Yeah. You know. Just posting on social media is not active revolution. Because what is the active, like, resistance and active revolution depends on what you are posting it depends on what you are posting if you're just posting a black screen and you haven't done any of the work that's not shit if instead on Blackout Tuesday you posted resources or the shitload of donations you just dropped off Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know that is active resistance just having Instagram on your phone is not active resistance (laughs) no not posting the right effective shit is how you utilize because they don't want you to be posting that. They don't want us to be sustainable amongst our communities Mm -mm. so we don't need them anymore, because they literally don't want that shit. Mm -mm. So... That is active resistance. That is active resistance. And so many people don't get it. Yeah. So many people don't get that and I don't understand. I don't. (laughs) How? I think it's not that they understand it's that they hate having to do the work of figuring out what's useful and what's harmful and I'm like, you just have to do it. Yeah. I, I don't care. You have to. There's no excuse because at any point, if you are neutral, you are against the resistance. Right. And people will know that. You are against me. You are against my life and people know that. Right. People will know that. You can't be neutral in this revolution. That's why it's a revolution, because people are fighting for a thing. And you can't be neutral in, in circumstances when you see something wrong happening. Like something's happening in front of your face, you know? And I felt, instead you're taking out your phone. Right, I was just going to say that. I just saw, like, what you reposted and somebody saying, like... And I actually was going to make this post, but I ended up deleting it. Like, if I'm ever in, like, a violent... Uh, situation with a police officer like don't film me like help me mhm like mhm you are more likely to be filmed and you are more likely to be filmed and become a headline than you are to be saved from even having that headline being made about you right people want to, it's it's another form of like clout you oh my god <laughs> right. you 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 are filming injustice now we now na- we have to fight we have to fight because I saw this one person get ja- jacked up. But also too, for us Black folk, it's traumatizing. Like it is the the young woman that took the video of George Floyd was seventeen, our age. Yep. And she is traumatized. She's traumatized. She she's, she will see that for the rest of her life. And And so many of us will too. Yes, the people that viewed it, literally, literally. And and she did not just film it. And not do anything. It was a whole group of people, including herself, saying, stop, stop, stop. Exactly. But also feeling in danger if they decided to, like, get into it. step forward. Like, the other man in the video, like, trying to come forward and then, um, what's that cop's name? Tao, whatever. Whatever. Um, It was just, like, step away. Don't don't come close to me. Like, and, like, grabbing at his gun and shit, like. It's... You have to help before you use your camera. Yeah. She was helping out and it wasn't working. And so she took out her camera. That's that's right. what active resistance Telling, is too. Like stop. Like actively opening your mouth and letting something trying, come out. Trying to step in yeah, exactly, as much right. as possible. And, and just taking out your camera is not just stepping yeah. in if you haven't tried other things. Or if you aren't trying other things during it. And we clearly see, and we've clearly seen taking out our cameras and putting cameras on cops haven't stopped them, you know? And, you know, I, I can, I, I... I'm thankful that Sean King's platform exists <laughs> yeah, for the fact that he is a very credible source. He does post a lot of things. Updates. Uh, he he does post a lot of updates. I'm not going to talk about the financial part, but he also posts the videos, the trauma porn. Yeah, and, and then... And then other people are posting it, and... Yeah, uh, and his and, platform is so big. So huge! And it's been growing and growing and growing that it's just, like... And he's like, I'm sorry, I have to share this. I have to share it. And I just think, like, if he's not the only one sharing it, right? Like, if if the original person shared it and the story has gotten big, right? Mm -hmm. People have already seen the video. Or, like, the... uh, We know the situation existed. Right. And just the fact that it's heartbreaking to even think that some of these mothers have not even seen the video. They're watching it with the rest of the world. Like, they don't even get, like privacy. They have to watch their like right sons die and uh, sons and daughters. George Floyd's girlfriend, fiance, wife, I forget. And mm-hmm. their kids on the news, they were being filmed they were being filmed for when the cop was indicted and was like guilty mm-hmm. and they just like we're filming her like crying and we're like what do you want to say what do you want to say and I'm like that's not for you to film exactly it's at not all. for you to film this is private <sighs> this is private the situation is not private but the, these are real people once again we're not members. Exactly. we are not a headline we are real people who just lost our father our sons Little our brothers boring. our family it's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. I don't want to watch these videos. And Not some of the all. people, if, if you want to find it, some of the people have to watch it to, to feel like they know what they can do. And you know what? Those people can go out and go find the video. There's right. The video is already surfacing. It's, it's already surfacing. literally everywhere. You don't need to keep posting it if you can find it with a Google search. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> Oh, my God. Because it is traumatizing. It is. It is traumatizing. We watched, all of us, globally, the entire world, watched the life from his eyes go. Yeah. We heard him screaming and crying. We felt from what we heard and saw his pain. Yeah. Yeah. And as a, as a, as a, as a human being, it's gonna be traumatizing. As a black person who is at risk every day of your life, of having that video be surf, like surfacing right. of you, yeah. of experiencing that breathlessness and pain of and having brothers who are the same height or the same stature, you know, those videos do damage. I promise you, when I watched that video, I could, I like could keep seeing like my brother's faces, like, mm-hmm. like I kept seeing my. Dads. Mm, yeah. It's, it, we are all brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers, and we are, we are all connected. Yeah. And, and the black community is all connected in the way that we all are at risk in the same way. We all can experience being pushed up against the, the curbside and the great, in the fact that we all, like, traumatic, like, trauma, is generational. Mm -hmm. And the fact that when we see that shit, not only does it trigger us, like, us right now, our own selves, but it... It triggers all of those generational it like all those before us where do you think that fear that trauma where where does it come from where does it come from it's because our people before us our family before us did experience it right they did and you could just be another point on the family tree that does experience it right all of us have to experience it in our lives. I don't want to watch the video again and again and again and again and again. If you need to watch the video, you can find it. <sighs> yeah. But so we, can, you know, I can't watch it again. And you, I, you... like. And you might not know it, but you're subjecting people to watch that video and like Instagram has that thing where it's like it just starts the video and nobody literally I've heard it so many times, like the beginning of the video and George crying out. Like that is a horror. Terrifying. And it's like terrifying. it's and like how can you literally go on like you hear that, and how can you literally go on with your day? how can you, you not stop and acknowledge it and you like can't. let that take over because in some way you did watch the man die, not in some way, in some he- you like did. of course the woman recording it like was there and experienced right. it. But we're we're experiencing it. We watched a man die. People come back That's from war normal, and they have PTSD and right. trauma. It's the same type of shit. We watched a man yeah. die. We watched him. Uh, we watched him be a living man and become a dead body. Like that's not normal that's not normal and in the same way that it hurts people it also desensitizes people and keeps people from having that like that moment of this fucked me up, right, this just fucked with me because it desensitizes you, and you're just like you're angry, yeah, but you're no longer like you can no longer relate to it right. with with your empathy, right you no longer have as much empathy towards the situation and then your humanity <sighs> is chipped away at. it's chipped away, and then you separate the groups of people being killed and you they and you generalize them and they're always going to be killed and you just right. become desensitized and then it's just the way the world is it's the way the world is and you know what yeah, it is the way that the world is right now. Right. But the And world because can it's been change. set up to be like this, like the world can change. It, yeah. The world it can is change. Going to change. We still have the same amount of power that built that system. We have the right. same amount of power to dismantle it. Even more now today, like yes. Like, we can do it quicker. Right. Right. We can do it quicker. And we're constantly figuring out with all our new technology, with all our new conversations, with all our new resources, we're constantly figuring out how to do things more creatively, how to think outside the box to make this thing happen. Right. It is is also going to take a lot of, like, allies and, mm. y- and um... Constant, active resistance. Yeah, it's... From all sides. No all matter sides. what color you are. All sides. Where you came from. And one thing I don't really understand is, like, how can you, like, support something that doesn't even, like, give a fuck about you, you know? Yeah. Like... Like with Trump? Yeah. And just, like... He doesn't give a or shit. Or just, like, the government in general. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like how like yeah, it like some of the things may benefit you, but at the end of the day, whatever benefits you is not as well benefiting the person in power above you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like or like and I guess it must feel good because at least you're ahead of all the other people. You're on top of you're on top of all the black people, mm-hmm. so it feels it there's something in that, at mm-hmm. least that there's some comfortability in that, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. <sighs> But yeah, it's just yeah. I want to I want to talk for a second about Trump. True. I think mm-hmm. cuz what you got to say with, with Trump. Okay, people the reason why we've also got such a great divide between Republicans and Democrats and all parties is also because we've We've turned it not only into a political thing, we've turned it into a way too personal thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Like, it... it I'm going to talk about Trump first. With Trump, he... he, There are going to be faults. Mm -hmm. There are going to be faults on both Republican sides, and there are going to be faults both on Democrat sides that you have to watch out for. Mm -hmm. There are both faults in the party that need to be, like, politically reformed. You know what I mean? Right. But his presidency his injustices his his actions transcend the political part. Yeah. He literally. stopped he stopped making it about work and he made it about his life, which isn't what you can do as a president. You stop being able, you stop being able to- you, you have an obligation to get rid of the mindset of the individual because you are in charge of all. Yeah. You are in charge of all. You have to think about all. And he makes it personal. He wants to benefit the 1% because he is the 1%. He wants to benefit the rich. He wants to benefit the ones in power because he is the rich and the ones yeah. in power. Yeah. He, as a president, whether you are Democrat or not, you no longer are just one person. Right. You speak for everyone. You represent and everyone. Most Most people are saying this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And he doesn't care because he's thinking it's a personal attack. He's not he's not (laughs) being Republican. He's being Trump in the White House. It's not republics in the White House. It's him in the White House. Exactly. Because there are good sides to both there were good sides to both because it was just politics. But now people, now Republicans are painted as racist and only rich and stuff like that because you know what the majority of them are. But there are certain aspects in every party that are yeah. supposed to benefit the... the System. The majority. It's There are both parts... There are all parts in, in both parties that are supposed to benefit everyone in America. That are supposed to make it easier for everyone in America to do things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like... Just, just like liberal ideology yeah. has certain things, like how things would work with liberal things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just he transcends oh. politics. Yeah. And he turns it into me. It's me. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I want the system to be like this. I want it to benefit me. Yeah. But he's in charge of everyone, and obviously he's an idiot, and he won't get it. But it, that goes for every president. Yeah. It's not about about you anymore? It's not about you. And like, I, I want to say like, so don't even go up and like try to be president. But like, mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> it's just when you take when you take the seat, when you take the chair, the position of of a person in power, a person who makes decisions. Mm-hmm. Whether you're on a local level, a state level, a federal level, and you are making the decisions it's not making decisions for you. <laughs> Literally. For just you. It's making decisions for... Which I for, think is common sense. But... But people abuse it. <laughs> That's what the American system is. It's full of people who yeah, abuse, abuse it and it. turn it into me, Throughout me, me, me. It's not about you. It's not about you anymore. It's about everyone you make decisions for. Right. And they're all telling you this, that you need to do this, so you need to do it. Despite what you think. Because the majority thinks you need to do this. The majority of the people you work for because once again the people in power work for us Us. don't forget that period right they work for us they are civil servants (laughs) we are their bosses and as their bosses we said this is fucked up change it and so they need to fucking do it exactly they need to do it even if they don't really like it (sighs) we just need to take all of them out and (laughs) leave people for real and uh, like once again they're civil servants they work for us and i think they forget that because they are people in power but now within the last weeks we've seen people being fired people getting Mm -hmm. their jobs lost because they fucked up and they forget that they work for us. That you are fired right. by us if you do something wrong. You get to be fired by us. Yep. Because you do work for us. Because you applied for this job. You said you were going to do something, so do it. Mm-hmm. You have your list. Also, too, like, you, as a human, you probably have morals, you know? Mm-hmm. You probably have... <laughs> probably. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> things that are important to you. And, like, when you join a system, let like the police force or something like that, yeah. you're totally going against everything you internally are for. So you are dehumanizing yourself. Yes. You are literally dehumanizing yes. yourself. And that's why I don't believe I under like I don't understand yes. why y'all stay in yes. those abusive yes. systems that literally don't even take like take like yeah. since we're a capitalist Economy, we're a capital, capitalist uh, country. Let's put it into terms that some people can understand. <laughs> America is a company who advertises liberty and equality, and Ooh. and the and the people who work in America, which are the federal state jobs, shit like that. You know, their bosses are us. Your company, America, works for the people buying your product, which is which is your power. Right. You know what I mean. You know what right. I mean. Exactly, and that's why it's so important to be aware of where you're putting your money. Mm-hmm. Especially, mm-hmm. we need new bosses. Right. We, we need new. We need new workers, is what I mean. We're the bosses. We need, we need new, new workers. Work- <laughs> we need. We need new presidents. We need new. We just need new everything. We need new federal, civil. Servants. Exactly. We need new. We are firing you. We're firing you. You made the and, wrong decisions. And you're, you're doing your own self an injustice by not calling out the other people who are doing a disservice against you. Yep. Like you're letting someone, like put you in, put you in the corner. You're letting someone step on you mm-hmm. by stepping on. The, the the country, you're stepping on yourself because when you go home and you stop being, uh, you know, you stop being the worker. Right. You're just a dude right. at home. You're a human at And home. now you're the person that your rules are now acted on. Like, you're the person that those rules are now put upon. Right. Now you can't do this either. Right. You can't do it anymore because you said that we all couldn't could do, do it. Do you're it. all. You're part of all. Yeah, exactly. Like... We are all a collective. There's no one above the other. Mm -hmm. There's no one below the other. Mm -mm. We're side by side. And people think, once again, that the jobs that we vote people in for are in charge of us. We're in charge of them. Yeah. We are in charge of them because it's it's a democracy, remember. <laughs> no matter how small of a job you think you're doing, the changes that are made in our government in our system start with the people. Yeah. Literally. Start with the people. They're not gonna do what we want them to do unless we fucking tell them to. Because and we're if they're bosses. not doing it and if they continue to not do it, mm-hmm. They're fired. Then we break that shit down. We need to. We need to remember that we have the power to take them out of office. Yeah. And through active, active, active. active. I literally forgot the word. Resistance. <laughs> Indy got me. <laughs> through active resistance. Through active resistance. Period. Do you fire your corrupt workers? Yes. High five for that shit. That was so, so awesome. <laughs> so, that was the first segment of my conversation with Anaya. And if you were listening on the Anchor app, you would have heard a snippet of the song OK by the black fronted political punk band Skinny Girl Diet. Now, before we get back to mine and Anaya's conversation, I wanted to give you a quick history lesson on who I believe to be super unappreciated, Eartha Kit. Born in 1927, the singer most famous for her song, Santa Baby, brought new life in the world of performance. She was the child of a white father and a black mother, growing up in an ethnically diverse part of Harlem, New York. She gained fame from touring with Katherine Dunham's dance troupe and was popular as a nightclub singer in Paris at just 16. She continued to gain popularity through nightclub performances and theater productions, as well as television appearances. But her career went into decline in 1968 after criticizing the violence of the Vietnam War in presence of Lady Bird Johnson, for she then became blacklisted in America. Her career did recover though, when news circulated that Kit had been subjected to the US Secret Service surveillance. She made a comeback in the US though, through more theater productions and continued her career of television appearances, voice acting, and Broadway productions until her death in 2008. Orson Welles once called her the most exciting woman in the world. Now, let's get back to our conversation. Let's go back to growing up Mm -hmm. being black. Okay. Uh, being part of the black community as an adolescent because growing up makes you you know yeah like the decisions made for you the decisions made for you in your childhood kind of make up who you are as a person before you can go out and Mm -hmm. on your own make yourself so it's just like we need more we need to be surrounded I know you agree with this we need to be surrounded more by people who Can speak for us, Mm -hmm. like correctly, right? (laughs) You know what I mean. We need that representation, right? Um, but I think we also just need, too, people representing themselves. Mm-hmm. And we need to be putting education and resources in the hands of those people so they are able to Represent themselves. Selves. And the reason that most people can't is because of those reasons. Because they're denied education. Or it's shitty as hell, you know? They're denied yes. access to housing. They're denied every... They're denied... <laughs> (laughs) decent human rights (laughs) they're denied decent living uh standards right and like once you give somebody the tools to succeed and help them they're gonna do it they're gonna take all they can do is use them all they can do and i mean if they put them down Other people are going to pick him up. Other people are going to pick him up. The people around him are going to pick him up. Right. I, we should talk about school. Yes, we should. Um, first off, we both live in the suburbs and we're surrounded by a white community because that's predominantly. And we, sorry. That's predominantly what the community in the suburbs is made up of white people white people (laughs) and also we go to school in in the the city city, the downtown part of the city so we leave the community but also I leave my I leave my mom's house to live with my grandma Grandma, in the city and then like you know um and then I right go to not only not only are you going into the city to go to school, but you were switching from living in the suburbs with a black mom right to living with so living white with your white grandma in the city right and going to school in the city that's gotta be different. I mean the whole experience was different than what I knew, you know so and not i don't know if it was. I don't know if it was, like, my skin color had any effect on how, um, how different that experience was, Mm -hmm. um, but for me, most, the it was positive, like, Mm -hmm. because I gained a lot of independence from Mm -hmm. it, um, and you know, being, uh, going to a school where you have to ride the metro transit, mm-hmm. it puts you in a place where you are sitting next to a lot of... Different people. Different people. You're you forced know? into it. You're forced into Exactly, exactly. Um, and it's actually funny because... Um, the part where at the, my bus stop, my, where I get picked up, mm-hmm. that bus is full of downtown worker, white people. Yeah. So, right there, there's mm-hmm. a difference, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Not, so I'm getting on the bus, I'm getting on this first bus, but when I get on my second bus to downtown... <sighs> St. Paul, mm-hmm. that's a whole different crowd, right, you know. Right. But on the first bus, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. so that and so that's something. Mm-hmm. And just like to noticing, oh, this is interesting too. Um, just noticing the, um, like the the city life and just how there are people, privileged people existing amongst people who have nothing. Nothing. <laughs> And, like, just, like, the irony of of that, like... Oh, my goodness. Going into the city, I had to... Was kind of forcing me into just, like... Just, like, being comfortable with knowing that homeless people are on the street and I'm probably standing next to one on the Mm -hmm. sidewalk when I'm getting picked up or something. I am Woodbury... I homeless people don't exist in Woodbury and you're never heard of never seen in Woodbury but in even in St. Paul even 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 just like one homeless dude I was like what Mhm What and then I see a businessman walking right. around next to him. It's really weird. It's The city is really filled with every single walk of life. <laughs> Literally, though. It is. Yeah. And you have to get out of the suburbs. You have to get out of the suburbs yeah. and go into the city because that's what real life looks like. Mm-hmm. The suburbs really shelter you. Yeah. They do. I feel like I'm not going to give them a location mm-hmm. or nothing. But, like, this area was maybe 20 years ago was very majority just white. Yeah. Based. And I can say now, pff, so many different ethnicities have been integrating, integrated awesome. into this, into this area. Like yeah it's just a way bigger difference mm-hmm. like the school over there like that school used to just the high school just used to be white white kids. White, white maybe maybe eight mm-hmm. ten kid black mm-hmm. kids in the mm-hmm. graduation mm-hmm. photo you know um but now it's like the whole class are black and brown that is so and cool. white and asian you know that is so cool because because growing up you and me share the similarity that we just grew up around white kids in school all right. the time there were maybe like four and I, to and like, ten. yeah there are other black kids but you you know you see a majority like you can see the yes, um, yes. Yeah. yeah and um i remember growing up there was that time magazine that came out that by a certain year and it might be 2050 mm-hmm. That most people were gonna look like <gasps> this one person yeah. who was mixed. brown. She was mixed. Yeah. She was mixed, but she had blonder hair, and I don't remember if she had lighter eyes or not. Mm. And she just shared characteristics of like any country. Mm. Yeah. Any country. She shared some European uh, characteristics, she shared black characteristics, but the like she was so masculine. she was so ethnically ambiguous mm-hmm. where you couldn't just. You couldn't just, like, guess Mm -hmm. automatically who she was. And what's interesting is that, which is with so many people, something that's interesting is that uh, when I I look at the difference between uh, who my little sister was going to school with and Mm -hmm. who I went to school with growing up, What's very different is that there are more kids of color being integrated mm-hmm. into the suburban schooling system, mm-hmm. and it's that's also interesting because, you know, growing up, we thought that racism was over and, like, the inequality <laughs> was over. Or taught stuff. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we actually were one of the generations, one of the maybe last generations that... Um, just went to school with, like, one predominant race. Right, right. Because I always went to school with white kids. I always went to school with white w- kids, but my little sister goes to school with black, Hispanic, Asian kids. Mm-hmm. And there's just more. There's just more. I think, too, you being where you were, too, I think that's why it was a lot of white kids. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, yeah, there was a lot of white kids, but I can also remember just through my whole... S- um you know uh you know school career that i can i found my uh not that i found my group of black friends <laughs> oh, but you found a good, you found a good i found up- my group. sisters you know i found my like i could see a lot of or what i thought what looked like to me a lot of diversity but maybe mm. that's just because or but it looked like that in my it, class you, you know yeah but now that you're getting older do you see that there was less Yeah, definitely. And I... Less... And... Like... I don't know, because I feel like it's different for everybody's experience and Mm -hmm. what you... What you claim is, like, a... How you remember it. Big majority, but... Yeah. I don't know, I've always... Had... I I had white friends, I had black friends, I had... You know. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um... It, yeah, it could be from where I was, but I mm-hmm. also think that there are so many places like where I yeah. am that are starting to have more people of color going into their neighborhoods. Yeah, because growing up in elementary school, like every everyone in like maybe 10 kids was a kid of color. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I saw kids of color but But how much actually were there in the I didn't realize till later that I had very yeah. little people of color as friends. Well, and even moving to this to can I say the name? Yeah even moving to SPCPA that was the biggest culture shock for me I guess like that's that's the school where the less least amount of black students I've ever seen absolutely and just diversity like in general because going to school I didn't see very many LGBTQ kids that Mm -hmm. were open and felt safe enough to be so open about it I didn't I didn't see very many people of color I didn't I swear I didn't tell this to anyone until Mm -hmm. I got older that I was non-binary because that was never heard of. That was never heard of. I did all that research on my own. And I I didn't grow up in a household that talked about it. The only thing that existed was, like, being transgender, Mm -hmm. going from being born female to just being like Transition- male right. transitioning to male fully there right. wasn't that in between there weren't shades of gray right. that i was taught and i did all that research and i was like oh my god that's me <laughs> right oh my god Like, it- and and no unisex bathrooms Right. And I didn't... Those did not just start appearing... Like, they just, those just started appearing, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, mm-hmm. in our lifetime. And at our school, at our school, just having one unisex bathroom right. and the option to pick whatever like pass mm-hmm. you felt comfortable taking you right even if you appeared feminine you can take the men's pass if y- that is how you identify right and I just that was like what <laughs> Ooh, yeah. what what that exists I can do that or just like pronouns in general pronouns, I for me too. pronouns. because I went by she mm-hmm. in middle school when I wholeheartedly did not feel that way just female that is not how I thought of myself that's not how I interact with right. other people I just did not feel that's not what you claimed female only yeah exclusive right. and but she was the it's she and he those are the only pronouns that exist really and I would say like she they uh uh-huh. Yeah. So it was just... Yeah. It was so weird. It was a culture shock. And seeing everybody with dyed hair and everybody... (laughs) Just dyed hair. Like, I was... Or just, like, individuality as well. Just individuality. And I think it's... People are, like... Everybody's trying to be, like, so... Quirky. ...different that they look the same. But I'm, like, individuality... That's something different, I think. You can tell when it's individuality, like, it's different, and I feel like I definitely got there and was, like, made me want to find out what I fuck, who, who I am, what, what, what I are. like, you know? Who we are, what we like. Um, and, you know, and also kind of sucked, too, not mm. having, um, a lot of, um, Older, like senior. Oh well, there, most of the seniors when I was a freshman were. That was like the biggest senior class of maybe black students. Yeah, yeah. They're they're going out at our school. Yeah, it is. No, like, cause I think our class, our class might be the last most integrated. Mo- yeah, definitely. And I think that also too has a thing to do with it being a performing arts school mm. and just the fact that. And this is another conversation that like arts and performing arts in the is, black community is an equality not, with that. Is not You're right. You there's say, an equality, equality with that. And that's it's not the... um what's the word? Prized or it, it's yeah, not yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. worth well if you think about it, in the black community there are so many things certain things Mm -hmm. like sometimes it's just I don't want to be an artist but then I'm sure that it's another thing and I think I was speaking to you about this that they have so many other things that are important you know like mm -hmm. survival just like Mm -hmm. survival right and as a person of color growing up you see more injustices and You abandon the ambition to be just a musician, a starving musician, Mm -hmm. to work for equality. There are so many of us who don't achieve our original dreams because achieving equality is more important, and it is more important, but... You know what I mean? But I also think, too, with that, it can be... You can be a, you know an artist an artist and a her. You, you can be an artist activist mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. you can incorporate hella justice into your work into your work at all times you can Include hella representation in your work because you choose what goes into that work, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so but what also sucks about that is maybe you are a black artist and you have a style you have, right. and it doesn 't include being a revolutionary and that 's okay as- and that 's okay because then part of it is people are going to promote you because you are a black artist and shit like that, but it sucks that you always have to be a representative. It sucks. No matter yeah. what you do, you have to be a representative of equality. You can't just right. be an artist. You can't just be a musician. You can't just be a bitch right. who wants to draw. You can't do that because right. you have to, in some way, be a representative because there's so much inequality. And it's like, I am like, I am aware of it. I, I know about it just because I don't put it into my work because I'm living through it. Mm-hmm. But also, too, I think... I think that is a big conversation among, that should be mostly had among like black peers and shit like that yeah. instead of somebody, somebody white coming up to me and telling me like, you're not doing this right. Right, right, right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And that's why we need black teachers. Right. We need black teachers. I thought, I mean, I thought I saw diversity in our school and there is a hell of a lot compared to what we were introduced to in like elementary and middle right. school but as you grow older and you're learning more about it there's still not enough we have no black teachers and in school most of my black teachers have not been at, um in school, mm-hmm. you know, most of my teachers have been outside of school. Outside of school, yeah. But where are most of these kids being sent to? Mm-hmm. School. Mm-hmm. So, put, so put some representation in the oh, school. school. <sighs> Swear to God. <laughs> Let me say it again. Swear to God. <laughs> Let's keep going. Do you want to ask any questions? Hmm. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. smooth how, I'm gonna ask you just this second question how does being surrounded by black individuals affect you um. compared to being surrounded by my white community sorry my writing is shit <laughs> um, yes but yeah that's yeah That conversation we had earlier was so. Yeah, me wishing we could. I know. But we were outside and everything was loud. It's okay. Whatever, 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 whatever. Um, I was talking to you about how it felt to come to your home and come inside, and all of the people in your household are black. Mm -hmm. And how I felt being in that space i and how did you feel <laughs> thank you <laughs> and maybe it 's because I know you maybe it 's just because of how I interact in general around people i 'm like getting more comfortable, but it also is i 'm not surrounded by black people at all where I live mm-hmm. and I don 't live with my black family, and i don 't see them, and they don 't live close to me and The only black person other than me where I live is my sister. Right. And we're pretty light, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest. We're pretty light, and we have the education of... We have white education. Mm -hmm. We are surrounded by white slang and white communication. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? We don't have the same verbiage. We don't have the same context. We don't have the same background Mm -hmm. as so many black people, especially because we don't live with a black family and Mm -hmm. just coming into your house I felt comfortable not because not only because we're close but also just because I think when I hang out with my white friends there's a little bit more caution there's a little bit more anxiousness just doing anything Mm -hmm. and it's not like it takes over my entire experience. Right. It's subconscious. But it's, it's not really executed that hugely. But I just feel like I can be myself because you know being surrounded by black people not only am I surrounded by you who you and me share a lot of commonalities but one of them is being black and our conversations will be different Right. we'll have similarities we'll be able to empathize with with each other connect on a level that I can't with my white friends exactly because we do have certain experiences that our white friends will never have and that not only is it just because we're black but black because we grew up in a certain neighborhood black because we have a certain family and shit like that that's something that we can only talk about right and and um just like thinking about certain things you would like to say in a classroom setting but Mm. let's say this classroom setting is majority white you know Mm -hmm. the things that you would like to say they don't come out and they're not always interpreted interpreted with the intentions that you have that you had and most in my experience some of the times like it's like switched kind of like I don't how can I explain this more like like um like, the, like it's flipped so it's now like it's turned around what now, you now and it's now like not what you meant to say I don't not like that like I'm trying to think like you make it about you Mm. like you're like oh yeah and like you try to relate to it but you can't you can't because of this but you don't like register that Mm. because your whiteness is in the way Mm -hmm. of you empathizing mm-hmm. with me because mm-hmm. you want to empathize with yourself mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. no you no know? yeah if if okay we can we can like simplify it mm-hmm. so that yeah so it's like just just like think about with your childhood if, if you grew up in a divorced household and you tried to talk about what it what that did how that made you interact to other people in right. the world because once again your childhood does make up a good portion of who you become um, only people with divorced parents can share the commonality that you have divorced parents right. and will probably have some similarities that only you the kid with the divor- divorced parents can right. actually talk about. Not the kid with the parents that are together who has a friend who has parents that are divorced yeah. and <laughs> and their parents are happily married Right, and it's also like it's also like your parents were divorced and they were young when they had you versus being divorced when and they were older when they right, had you right. and and stuff like that it's so, there's so many things anything anything you will not be able to empathize talk about connect with right. if it didn't happen to you it, exactly so that's where and blackness doesn't happen yeah and that's where listening comes that's where in. listening comes from because like like um like having divorced parents is something that only divorced parent kids can like talk about or relate to relate to the, the entire country of America has black people experiencing the black experience not white kids yeah so so they're, they they and you, listening to our music mm-hmm. and uh, wearing our culturally and appropriating our culture um like that's not going to Mm-mm. make you anymore Mm-mm. because at because all. that because that art because that that culture clothing because that hairstyle is another way of communicating the black experience right you don't just get it from putting braids in your fucking hair right. no 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 you grew up having to put braids in your fucking hair right and you grew and up sitting there for 12 hours sitting there for 12 hours because your hair is it, because in your genetics your it's, hair works with braids right. it does it's not the same thing for you as a white person with long straight hair the braids do not send the same message that it would if it were if they were putting my hair, it sends a clearly clear different message when it's on a white and person's and negative and like why do you think you are entitled to like people like you doing that shit and then people like being okay with it like why do you think you're entitled to like like to i mean, guess I guess you're entitled to your your opinion sometimes but like Mm -hmm. you can't do something controversial and then be entitled to like stay staying in your safe bubble if you're gonna do something controversial be ready for conversation yeah be be ready for backlash be ready for backlash you can't post it publicly and then be a baby when people want to have that conversation with you, when people are mad exactly. at you. when Because it, that goes for anything. If you're going to say something controversial and then stray from any conversation, you can't fucking post it. Yeah. No. No. You can't post it. Why no. did you? Why did you? You can't post your opinion publicly without getting opinion back publicly. Publicly. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>, Pooh. <laughs> Do you wanna keep going? Cause we've got a lot. Yeah, I think we got a good chunk mm-hmm. that we can you can pick from. Okay. Uh. well I'm gonna stop talking to this clown because she's <laughs> clowning. But thank you, Anaya. This conversation was really awesome. Would you say so? I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> Revolution Radio is a podcast made for the people and made by the people. To find more information on us, follow me, Indy, on Instagram, the official Revolution Radio account at goodnight underscore once underscore more or email us at revolutionradio000 at gmail.com. To support the podcast and your own community, you can show us a little love on our PayPal at paypal.me slash revolutionradio00. The funds will only be used to go towards supporting people in need and supporting the show. Thank you.